You are listening to The Last Aid Station on Mountain Bike Radio, your source of off-road news and highlights. Welcome to a special interview episode of The Last Aid Station. This is Steve Hamlin, and Jordan Wakeley is my guest today. Jordan Wakeley is out of Michigan, and you'll find him on the podium and many times at the top of the podium at many cross-country and fat bike races in the Midwest. He won the Great Lakes Fat Bike Series in 2013, 2014. He won the Arrowhead 135 in 2015. He's podiumed at the Lumberjack NUE race, order shore, and top 10 finishes in the Iceman. Big thanks to Jordan for taking the time out to come on the last aid station for an interview. With that, let's jump right in. I want to thank you, Jordan, for taking the time to come on the show. How you doing, man? Good. So good. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are going to be interested in what you have to say. Uh, but I have a hard time diving into the meat of the discussion without first asking about the broken jaw and how you doing with that? What happened? Oh, it's, uh, it's feeling well. Um, I took off to Arizona, uh, at the very end of February and, uh, five days into my vacation training camp, I, uh, I crashed really hard on, uh, Cat Mountain in, um, Tucson, Arizona and, uh, my uh, my left side of my face hit my handlebars really hard, and I didn't know at the time my jaw was broken. I just thought I had a you know like a chip tooth or something, and uh, I ended up going to the hospital, and they told me my jaw was broke. So I flew back to Michigan, had surgery, and uh, two or three days later, I flew back out to Arizona to continue a training camp. <laughs> Holy smokes! Is it? <laughs> I mean, because when uh, when I had contacted you again, I was surprised that you were going to be able to talk and that kind of thing. But um, uh, back on the bike in two or three days, eh? Yep, day after surgery, I was back on the bike. Um, the uh, doctor said, "Just don't fall on my face again." Don't fall on it again. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for you, man, and uh, uh, hopefully the rest of the training keep keeps going. So you're you're down in Arizona training right now, and. You you had a, a great fat bike season. Um yep. a lot of wins. And you went right from fat bike season down to training in Arizona. How do you make that transition? I mean, with the because uh, I, I kinda myself and I know some other people feel that way. I I've got to the, the last couple of weeks here and I'm feeling like it's like November, like it's time to wind down or something, you know, and it's like a oh, summer's just getting started and then um, how, how do you make that transition of going right from fat bike to just heavy training for the summer? Uh, I, I take, uh, I take the winter fat bike season pretty serious and I train really hard for that. And, um, when I come down to Arizona, you know, I kind of, I try to enjoy myself the first two weeks or so and, you know, don't really focus on training, just go out and ride and have fun. And, okay. um, and then after that, you know, the, the legs start wanting to go fast and hit it hard. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty motivated. So it, it's not hard for me to go out and, you know, ride hard for, you know, 10 months out of the year, um, to a certain extent. Okay. Do, do you have a time that's, that you kind of treat like your off season then? Um, really, uh, after Iceman, which is the, First weekend in November. Um, yeah. From no, after Iceman, so November, first weekend in November, all the way to almost January, I consider my off season. Okay. 
I mean, I'll, I'll still ride, you know, four days a week, but um, I kind of try to stay away from the bike as much as I can. Gotcha. Gotcha. You had a, you've had some pretty good finishes in the Iceman. Yeah. Yeah. That's a kind of a tactic grace that um, doesn't really put, um, I don't like the tactics, but um, I'm learning. I'm getting smarter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, uh, the last four or five years, I've been in the top 10 there. So last year, you did the, the Arrowhead 135 and actually won that race. This year, did you did you do any ultras this year? Uh, I didn't actually. Um, it was it was so expensive last year just to go to Arrowhead, and I mean I had almost two thousand dollars into that race with uh, the gear I needed and travel fees and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, I really wanted to go back, but um, I wanted to focus on some of the bigger cross country fat bike races too in the Midwest and yeah. I kind of did that, but uh, I do plan on doing some uh, winter ultras next year. Do you? Um, okay. Specifically, yeah, specifically Arrowhead and uh, Tuscobia. Do you think you'll still mix in some of the cross-country fat bike races in the same time? I do. I do. They're, it's just, they're so popular in the Midwest. I mean, every weekend there's an opportunity to go do that. And, uh, just use it as a hard training day or something like that. So, Do you prefer the winter racing over the summer racing? I mean, you... Uh, you you tend to you like fat bikes and I, we'll talk about this later. We'll get to the summer racing, but is that kind of your your niche the, the 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 fat bike winter racing or or no? Uh, I I think so. Um, particularly, I I really enjoy the cold weather. Um, okay. And I just I think the big thing is uh, winter racing and mental stuff. Um, so I mean, the colder the better. Is what I really like when when other people just just hate it when they you know when they see that you see that a race day is going to be you know minus ten minus fifteen degrees. I I love those conditions. I had a question that I was going to ask you was was going to ask you how cold it has to get to uh, to make you put sleeves and gloves on. <laughs> um, it all depends on the wind show. I mean, yeah. if it's if it's 25 degrees or above, I'll, I'll be without gloves. Um, I just, I'm a bigger guy and I'm 180, 85 pounds and I get warm really, really fast. And, um, I find that if I sweat, then I, I do get cold. Okay. Yeah. No, I, so, I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures out there, right. And everybody's bundled up and, and here you are. Uh, I think there's one from the arrowhead last year that you're leading the pack with hands out on yeah. uh, outside of the pogies and sleeves. Yeah, rolled well, up. I, I kind of, kind of a secret, you know, like kind of like the intimidation factor too, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't still, know how I'm, much that works. I'm feeling good. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> Sounds like you, 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 you still keeping the ultras in mind for next year and, and, uh, and that kind of thing before, I guess I get out of the fat bike and, and talk about the summer stuff. You want to tell us about the, about what you ride, what you rode this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I rode for Scott Quiring last winter, last summer. Um, Scott had just came up with a, a brand new frame design called the, um, Quiring Triple B, which was built around the, uh, the Z Snowshoe 2XL tires, the 5.05 tires. Yeah. So those are the largest production fat bike tires out there. Um, and you pair those one with, uh, 
100 millimeter head wheels. And it's just a, it's a monster truck. I mean, it's not the the best setup for groom snow single track races, but um, okay. Uh, I did race a few times on the with the big big tires, and I just found those were they're so heavy that um, I swapped back and forth between some tires. And yeah, um, I still roped some four point eight tires from hundred millimeter rims, and had no problem at all. But for the Flotation and fun factor, the triple B with the 5.05 tires is about as fun as it gets. Yeah. Is is that what you're running at uh, Polaroid? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And actually, Scott did too. Um, Scott's a, a legend from back in the day. He's a nice man in order shore. And uh, he he doesn't get time to train as much because he's so busy at the shop, but he's still uh, over the top 10 up at Polaroid. He was on the triple B also. Oh, okay. Conditions, uh, we're definitely asking for wide tires up there. Yeah. <laughs> you like racing fat bikes and running big tires, kind of switching over to, to summer a little bit. You also run a, I guess in the past you have, you've run a 29 plus in the summer. Is that still what you're going to run? Going uh, into the summer? Well, once again, I'm riding. Um, Scott's uh, Etienne inquiring bike, and uh, he's got it set up so that I can run the 29 plus tires or a uh, regular 29 tire. Um, I think this season it'll probably be 50 50 between um, regular 29 tires and uh, 29 plus setup. Okay. Because last, was it last year you actually won the uh, Mohican Climb Prime? And you were you were running a twenty nine plus for that race too, right? Yep, yeah, I did. <laughs> and actually, I was uh, actually finished third at Lumberjack on a twenty nine plus setup. Yeah, I was sprinted Tinker Water as a line for the third place. I yes, I do remember you on the podium for that. What what's your what's your advantages and disadvantages to running the twenty nine plus for those races? Um, I think. The the two two biggest things uh, to do with advantage would be uh, <clears throat> usually I run rigid and with the, the wider tires there's a little more um, shock absorption there. Forgiving, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and also um, Michigan's really sandy, so um, you know that actually a little bit of flotation and traction um, okay. is always nice. Okay. And hopefully we'll have some uh, lighter 29 plus tires out soon. So it's growing, right? And it's just like uh, yeah. just like fat bike tires every year. There's going to be some more options and, and uh, yep. more competitive options for sure. Do you have some future in the NUA series this year, or what's your plans for this summer? Uh, that's the thing. There's so many awesome races out there that. Uh, there's just there's not enough weeks in the year to to do what I want. But um, yeah. this year my big focus is going to be uh, cross country nationals, okay. uh, cross country marathon, cross country marathon nationals, marathon nationals. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll still probably mix in a an annually hundred miler here and there, but um, okay. June uh, down in Georgia, marathon nationals is my big goal. Okay. Yeah, and that's I think that's the same weekend as the Mohican. So you'll you'll have some time throughout the summer to to hit some other hit some other races. Yep. Think you'll make it up for the uh being a Michigan guy, make it up for the Margie Gessick? 
I will. Yes. Uh, awesome. Everybody's talking about how hard it is, and they've been trying to rope me into it. So <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll definitely be up there. Oh, that's good. They got you into it, huh? Yep. So taking a step back, and we kind of talking about the fat bike racing and in the, the summer racing, that kind of thing. What got you into biking, and and how long you been doing it? When when did you start? And... I've been uh, I've been riding a bike my whole life. Um, you know, I started out on BMX bikes when I was a kid. Um, my parents never let me have video games, or never really let me watch TV. So I was always forced outside, which I really thank them now. Yeah. Um, but uh, what really got me into mountain biking was my uh, seventh grade science teacher. Uh, Brad Wagner. Um, I'd I'd be sitting in class and he'd have his mountain bike magazine sitting out on his desk and you know I'd sneak up there and grab him and I'd be reading them during class and <laughs> uh, he'd uh, he'd always yell at me for that but finally uh, he got me out on some single track and that was uh, that was it from there. I mean I was hooked. How long have you been riding fat bikes? Uh, fat bikes. I've only been riding for. Probably five years, but um, I did my first mountain bike race when I was 15. Okay. So, I'm 10 years on the mountain bike now. So, you're, yeah, you're uh, what, mid, mid-20s mid now? Yeah, I'll be 26 next month. Okay. So, you've got a lot of years left to keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> one, one of the questions I had for you when we were kind of talking about that transition season and just continuing to train was um it sounds like you kind of have a planned off season and a little strategic about it i was going to ask you like how, how long can you do you think you could keep up such a hard competitive push you know uh that's a good question i mean i've, I've been self-coached for the last uh three years and i've i've learned a lot just through trial and error um but it gets to the point where i, I really dislike losing so that, yeah. that 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 really pushes me to uh, to work my hardest and you know make sure I have everything set up to to have a great performance at a, a race week in and week out. Okay. What what's been your favorite fat bike race? Oh, favorite fat bike race. Um, I had polar roll this year. Yeah. Because it was, uh, it had a little bit of everything, and it, uh, it was, it was one for the books. I mean, I'll, I'll always remember that one. It was a good one. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I like the variety of the course layout that you had there. Some single track and snowmobile trail, and then some more single track, and then, uh, it was a really cool finish. Yeah. <laughs> the conditions were, uh, definitely made it brutal. Yeah, between the polar roll and, um, I mean, Arrowhead definitely has to be up there too. Yeah. Just because, uh, I mean, that was quite the experience. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like you're itching to get back at that one, though. Any, any thoughts ever on, on hitting up some of the, like the Iditarod or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, if, if money wasn't an option, I'd be at every race. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I uh, I try to I work I work really hard in the summer so I can uh, afford to come out and train in the spring, out in yeah. Arizona and stuff like that. 
But uh, I mean, I could I could sacrifice that and go do some of these other races, but um, maybe somewhere in the near future. Yeah. Do you uh, you used to do some canoe racing? You still doing any of that? Uh, I've I've done a few small ones in the last uh, year or two. Yeah. But uh, it's just it's so hard to be competitive at you know both mountain bike racing and uh, canoeing because they both take so much time and dedication to be good at them. Okay. When when you were doing the canoe racing, did you? It, it sounds like it it got got in the way a little bit of the mountain biking. It did. It did for sure. And I I had a uh, I loved them both, but um, I liked mountain biking more, and I was I was going farther in mountain bike racing. I mean, canoe racing is a is a Michigan sport, and uh, you know it's it's cool to be a, a hometown hero. But um, I was I was looking for more. Was it just something you kind of started doing growing up? Obviously, being in in Michigan and getting into canoeing, and then uh, just kind of found yourself racing in both of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the town I grew up in, Grayling. Um, I mean, it was it was built around the Asahi River, and uh, that canoe race, which is 120 miles long, um, it's definitely one of the hardest races I've ever done. But, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a hometown thing. I mean, the whole okay. town gathers around that race for that weekend. Um, and I, I mean, it draws, it draws some of the top canoe races from Canada and the Midwest and stuff like that. I mean, there's a, a $50,000 prize per set, but, um, wow. yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of, a lot of time and effort to, to be really good at that race. And, um, unfortunately I just, I had a, a huge love for mountain bikes. So, yeah, I, that's, uh, uh, nothing wrong. That's fantastic. I, mountain biking, uh, is, uh, apparently working out, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, there's always time to, always time to go back to that canoe race. So, yeah. I, out of curiosity, how long does it take to canoe that far? 120 miles. Uh, the winners, winners are doing it in about 14 and a half, 15 hours. Wow. So, I mean, it, it starts at nine o'clock at night too. So you're going through the night. Endurance. Yeah. What's a typical training, training week look like for you? Oh, um, right now, uh, being in Arizona, having nothing enough to do but riding a bike, um, we're looking at probably anywhere from 15 to 22 hours. Um, you know, half that time being on the road. Okay. On the mountain bike, mountain bike on the road, just, uh, you know, getting that intensity in. And, uh, Arizona is really helping with the, the technical side of riding because we don't have that in Michigan. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, like today, I mean, today was a, a five hour day. So, and uh, the last few days have been just two, two and a half hour kind of intense rides. Okay. But um, once we get further in the season, uh, the hours hours go way down um, anywhere from eight to ten hours, but uh, a lot of intensity. Okay. And you you mentioned doing some road riding, but but you actually do your road riding on a mountain bike. Yeah, yeah. I've never never owned a, a road bike. Uh, I just all my miles are on a mountain bike. So. Okay. Um, 
actually, I'd say probably in the summertime, probably 70%, yeah, 70% of my riding is done on the road. Okay. On a mountain bike. Just, uh, uh, just lots of intensity. Because, I mean, Michigan's flat, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of polar riding out there, so. Okay. Just never any interest in uh, jumping on the road bike, and, and figure if you're not going to race a road bike, might as well train on the same bike you're going to race, right? Uh there's, there's been a few people that tried pushing me that way. And, yeah. Uh, I guess I, I would if, uh, you know, if, if I ever got a road bike, I, I guess I'd give a shot. But <laughs> there's not, not really a whole lot of interest in uh, the road side of things. Yeah. I do like cross, though. I really like cycle cross. Do you? Yeah, and I actually I plan on doing quite a bit of that kind of racing this fall. Okay. Kind of the the transition season there, or, or I guess that some of that leads right up into Iceman, right? Yep, exactly. And okay. Iceman is just, uh, nice. I mean, uh, just like Troy Wells last year came and won it. I mean, he uh, he's one of the top cross guys yep. out there right now. I mean, that guy can suffer like no one else. <laughs> The Iceman last year was like an hour 35 or something. Was that what it was? Yeah, hour 35. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You got a favorite summer race that you like? Uh, order, order Shore, I, I'd say. Yeah? Um, it's about the, uh, the perfect distance for me. and um, I, just, I like that kind of riding style. Um, just uh, really fast-paced, uh, super hard, really powerful sections and uh you've got to be a really really strong rider to, to win that race and uh i've come come close a few times and just uh just haven't made the right moves at the end so maybe maybe this year do you like getting up to uh marquette to ride i i do actually marquette is one of my favorite places of all time to ride I uh, I get up there probably five or six times a year. Yeah. What what is it about what is it about Marquette that you like? Uh, everything. I mean, it's just uh, the whole town is dedicated to to cycling and the amount of trails up there and uh, you know the different types of terrain. I mean, you could you could ride all day up there and not ride the same thing twice. I, I've ridden up there a few times, and it's—I uh, I personally, I, I love it. What's one of the one of the kind of the coolest bikes that you've owned over the years? Oh, one, of the, one that kind of one that kind of sticks out, and um, maybe outside of what you're currently riding. Uh, I, that's that's actually hard to say. Uh, I my favorite bike personally is actually the one I'm riding right now. Is it uh, my acquiring? titanium bike um i mean it's the the first titanium bike i've ever had and uh the way that scott built it up the geometry is um i mean it's just spot on and the the ability to uh to run the three inch tires on it and still have it handle like a a true cross-country race bike is uh it's amazing did you have it some of it uh custom dimension for you Yep, the whole thing. The whole, whole thing. thing is custom. Yep, custom built right around me. Okay. And he's he's got it set up with the uh, the angle set, so you can adjust that whole head tube angle. You know, 
two degrees by half a degree of the time and uh super short dropouts um you know seventeen inch uh change stays with the three inch tire i mean it's uh it's a fast fast bike cool cool um I guess I'll jump around a little bit more. What are you most proud of in your your kind of your racing history and uh and or life in general? Uh I I don't think there's really a certain race that I'm most proud of. Um I mean other than Arrowhead I'm I'm pretty proud of that just uh just because that was a big one. But um I think just my consistency the last three or four years. Um you know, there hasn't been a year that's been better than the rest, but they've, they were all kind of meshing together. Um, but the last four years on the mountain bike and fat bike have been just phenomenal for me. Yeah. Um, they've, they've all been super consistent. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I saw when I was kind of just going back and seeing some of the races you've done and whatnot is uh, a pretty high level of consistency. Um, You've podiumed on the or at Ordashore, right? Uh, made the podium at some NUE races, top tens in uh, the Iron or uh, Iceman, and then obviously a win at the Arrowhead and in uh, the Fat Bike racing this year. You didn't do you only you only did like four of the Great Lakes Fat Bike Series races, right? Uh yeah, four or five, and I lost one of them. Yeah, I was going to say you were first place in all but one of them, and third in the other one, right? Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. Not only being consistent, but being consistent on the podium. Yep. Yeah. What What advice would you give uh, do you, if you had to give yourself some advice? Maybe going back five years ago when you were. St- getting into this pretty heavy, what, what would you tell yourself? Uh, do that with people that are faster than you whenever possible. Um, yep. That's the, the biggest thing. And uh, have fun. I mean, if if you have one bad day a week, I mean, that's, that's not bad at all. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, we're all out there to ride bikes and have fun. And if you're not having fun, why do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta ask though, how does a guy like you go go find a bunch of people that are faster to ride with? <laughs> uh, in Michigan, it's it's kind of hard in Michigan, but I do have some friends that uh, that really like to go out and uh, just smash themselves and ride hard. Um, Hammer I'm on. actually actually I will travel to Arizona with one of them, uh, Sean Kickbush, and you know he's a guy that I can count on to go out and do a hard ride with whenever I want. So. What's the uh, worst race experience you've ever had? Oh, worst or toughest, I guess. Uh, the, one that, the one that really comes to mind right now is, uh, excuse me, uh, well, he came last year. Yeah. Um, just uh, the humidity got to me, and I, uh, you know, I rode, I rode beyond my limits for the first third of that race, and uh, okay. I really really paid for it and got super dehydrated and um for mile fifty on it was a a very tough mental game. Um just being able to finish that race. 
how does I guess somebody in in your position? I think that, and I think this might apply to to others as well. Um, I guess you brought up a good point: is when people go into a race, um, you can get really caught up in the start and in chasing down that lead at the race. And even if, even for I guess the uh, vast majority of our listeners that are maybe toward the mid pack or or back of the pack, uh, I mean. As I move to the back of the pack, maybe I'll start talking about myself here, but you get caught up in the beginning of that race. How do you manage, how do you, how do you manage that, um, racing your own race for the finish over a long endurance race like that versus getting caught up in the first 10 miles? Like how, how do you manage that? Uh, it's, it's a really, really fine line. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, a finish is a finish is always better than DNF. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to, I'd, I'd rather finish dead last than, uh, drop out of a race. Um, I've dropped out of, in my, my racing career, I've dropped out of, I think, two races. And, uh, that, that was, uh, it's really hard for me to, to do stuff like that. I mean, like, um, I really, I really dislike not finishing races. So, um, yeah, like I said, a finish is, is better than a DNF anytime. When you look back at those those DNFs, were those instances of going out too hard for the win right off the bat? Uh, one of them was. Yeah. One of them was? Yep. And the other one was actually, um, uh, it actually might have been one of my first uh, 100 milers. Um, Mohican back in 2007 or 2008. Okay. Uh, they had that crazy tornado or whatever come through there. And actually, I lost all my brake pads front and back. And uh, I ended up falling and breaking my hand. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I pulled at mile 50 there. I think a broken hand's a good enough excuse. Yeah, and it was on a single speed too, so it really hurt. Oh, jeez! Trying to trying to muscle that bike up the deep hills. <laughs> you uh, do you ride any single speed anymore? I don't. Um, I I really want to get back into that that kind of racing, um, just because of the, the simplicity of it. And, uh, and single speed really made me the rider I am today. Um, you know, it really taught me how to. To ride aggressively uphill. I mean, there's there's not many times in a race where I'll I'll sit and spin up a hill and I'll you know I'll pretend I'm on a single speed and just mash up it. Wow. So that being said, are are uh, are you one of those guys and just seeing everything on the the interwebs today? Are you excited about uh, this one by twelve thing? Is that well, there's, I, I do, I definitely see some pros and cons to it. Um, Midwest, I don't think it's really needed. Um, yeah. But if I had the opportunity to ride it, I would. And I'd run the 38 up front. Yeah. And never, never run ideas. So. I think in the long run, um, I think I will get my hands on it and use it. And especially for a fat bike. I mean, that extra, you know, I never had enough gears on a fat bike. Okay. Yeah. Kind of going back to that, 
going at it hard. What when you go out like that and it's it's a uh, I guess it depends on the length of the race, right? And how technical the race is. How do you manage that in your head of okay, I've got time in this race to chase this back down. I'm going to pace myself here uh versus trying to be that guy out in out in the lead. I guess it's a difference of racing of being chased or chasing. I guess what's what's going yeah, through your yeah. mind with that? Well, at, I'm going to say at uh, 80% of the, the local race in Michigan, um, you know, there's there's four or five guys that can go out really hard and fast. But um, like I said, 80% of the race in Michigan, I'll go out and just, just go for a race from the gun. And that kind of, but I use that for training to, you know, some of these bigger races where, I, I'm not able to go out and just attack and start it, but I have to chase stuff down. And, uh, um, even like gravel road races, you know, if somebody attacks, I'm not the guy, kind of guy that sits there and waits for somebody to go chase it down. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, it's, I, if somebody goes, I, I try to go with them and chase it down. I like to, I like to make stuff happen in races. Okay. Which is, I mean, it's, it's good training for me too. I mean, even, you know, if, if I'm 20th in a gravel road race, you know, I know that I, I gave it my all and had a good training ride, at least if I'm uh, out there chasing stuff down or attacking, you know, just having fun. Being as, as competitive as a, as a guy that you are, how do you separate the races that you're doing that you're trying to, that maybe aren't your, your A race, I guess, if you will, in a race that, you're using it to get a good training workout. How do you, how do you separate? And then I guess what's the difference in the level that you push yourself there? Um, well, like I said, gravel road races, um, there's a lot of those in the spring up in Michigan. So it's actually one of my least favorite kind of racing, but, um, the workout I get from it is, is enough to get me out to do that. So, yeah, I, I never, I never look at these gravel road races as, you know, A level races for me. But um, I just, I use them for really hard training blocks, and then uh, pretty much all, all the mountain bike races I do um, are A races. But uh, this year is really going to be molded around June, um, June, August, and November. So I'll, you know, like uh, marathon nationals. Um, or to shore and then uh, Iceman. Iceman, and then maybe, yeah. maybe maybe some other endurance stuff in between there. I mean, are are you favoring some of the endurance stuff, or do you you kind of like in the the cross country stuff? Um, in in uh, looking back at my results, I've had uh, some of my best races have been the uh, the hundred milers, but uh, I mean, I I really suffer towards the end of those races. Um, I'm not sure what it is. Um, but I mean, just like today, you know, I went out for a 75 mile ride and it, it hurt me pretty good. Whereas uh, a 30 mile ride, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt as bad, but, yeah. um, I think my perfect distance is right around hundred K. Okay. So, which is more to shore is, uh, almost 50 miles. So probably either a hundred K, you know, technical mountain bike race or, uh, a three hour really, two and a half, three hour 
uh, really hard cross country race are about my specialty. Okay. And I, is that because it's you're crossing that line of uh, being a, a a really high intensity racer, and when you hit that hundred mile, you're uh, it's just backing off that pace a little bit to be able to carry yeah, the intensity. I think, I think that's what it is. I think the one of my biggest problems with the hundred milers is, like you said, um, it's going up so hard that you blow up so fast. I mean, if you you blow up a hundred miler. Um, it's uh, it's a long way to the finish. So it's, it's a lot of miles to finish. Yeah. Yes. We kind of talked about this year, and and marathon nationals is the focus this year, and and uh, maybe Arrowhead again in the next winter, and in, in uh, Tuscobia. Um, what's after that? Um, I don't know. Um. It's a good question. I, I really like uh, I like the way all this bike packing stuff is going. Um, you know, Tour Divide has been uh, has been on my bucket list for a long time. Um, so you know, maybe even the next two years or so, I'll take a take a year off from the traditional cross country racing and uh, uh, you know Tour Divide to go because that's uh, that's something I've really been dreaming of for the last, you know, four or five years. Yeah. I, I thought I had read something, uh, maybe on another interview you had done in the last year or two or, or something about having some interest in a, in a tour divide. Yes. Yeah. That is, uh, I think that is the ultimate bike race right now. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a dream of mine. What is it about a race like that? that draws you to it? Uh, just pushing yourself to the max for, you know, 14, 15 days and just, uh, just proving to yourself that you can do it. Yeah. The, the, the test and the adventure of it at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do you love, do you love training as much as you like racing? I, I do. I do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm on my bike. So, you know, I can, I can have a bad day at work or, you know, a bad day anywhere. And, you know, I jump on my bike and, you know, the world's good again. Um, so you know, I, I, I really use that as, I don't want to say therapy, but, um, you know, it just, it makes me a better person, I think. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. I'm at, I, uh, same thing for me. I can have some stuff going on in the head or whatever and, and uh, jump on the bike and go hammer on the yep, pedals yeah. a little bit and just feel good. Yeah, exactly. Where do you see yourself taking this, you know, five, ten years down the road? Maybe has it kind of crossed your mind or is it a, kind of a year at a time at this point? And... Uh, you know, if you asked me that two years ago, I would have said, uh, you know, one of the top cross-country races in in the country, but uh, now it's just uh, going out to some of these bigger races, like the NUE races, and you know, just trying to prove to myself that you know, I can hang with the big guys that have these, you know, factory sponsorships and stuff like that. And, uh, but as of now, yeah, just taking it year by year, and you know, just just keeping the fun. Yeah. 
is there is there some other races out there that are on your your bucket list to do? Uh, like some of the uh, some of the stage races, um, Transylvania Epic, um, Black Epic, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'd like to do stuff like that. Um, otherwise, you know, I've I've tried to go out and do some of the pro XCT races, and those have been hit or miss. Uh, either have a really good race or a really bad one. And it's, uh, it's tough to, you know, drive 12 hours and get pulled after 45 minutes of racing. But, um, you know, using, using Arizona as a training camp is, uh, really making me a better rider. So, you know, maybe even the next couple of years, I'll really jump onto that stuff again and try to hit that hard. Uh, the pro cross stuff. Yeah. Versus doing some of the, the pro X XC type races and, and then doing some of these other races like the NUEs or, um, the order shore and Iceman And what's the, the experience like the difference, right? Cause I think there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe do one or the other and haven't really dabbled in both. Um, is it a totally different, atmosphere and racing or you run into the, some of the, some of the same people or one draw you uh, over the other? Yeah, I think, uh, the unsanctuary is like order shore and, uh, Shamanigan 40. I mean, those are almost like festival type races. I mean, there yeah. are, you know, two, 3000 people to a race that is not a spectacular course, but it's just, uh, the festival atmosphere. And the, the competitive field that it draws, I mean, I mean, it's drawn two of the French riders and uh, some big, big pro XCT guys. And, you know, it's awesome just to line up with those at a, at a local Midwest race. They're pretty awesome events. I mean, the, the, those weekend atmospheres are, I mean, you can make, you make a whole weekend out of them, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You had mentioned that you've been, self-coached the last few years um so do you did you used to have a coach then uh yeah i i did have a coach um actually i had my best i had my best ice man um when he was coaching me but i just uh you know it, it's hard looking at a training schedule you know two three weeks in advance and knowing Knowing what you have to do, you know, that far ahead of time. Um, now is, you know, I work, work 40 hours a week in the summer and, you know, sometimes I get out of a hard day of work and, you know, I don't want to ride my bike. So it's, it's nice knowing that, you know, I don't have to ride my bike when I don't want to. Yeah. What type of advice would you have for somebody that, because I think that's whether somebody goes and purchases a training program or is following a coach. What kind of advice do you do you have for that? Because I I would assume like a lot of you know coaches work around that with you. Or is how do how do you deal with that? But still make sure you get your workouts in that you need. Yeah, uh, biggest thing is listen to your body. I mean, if you're if you're sore, don't don't go out and you know hammer. I mean, if your if your coach has you doing something like that, you know, tell them to know they'll work around it. 
Uh, and the other thing too is, you know, it's easy to get burned out if you're a competitive racer. And uh, burnout is, it's real. I mean, I've, I've experienced this way before and I've, uh, you know, I've got to many other races that I've been on to even look at my bike. Uh, it's, it, sometimes you have to just, even if it's in the middle of the season, just, you know, take a week or two off and just don't even touch your bike. Will you do that? I mean, you just take a week or two and just, just not even, not even touch the bike. Uh, that's, that's really hard for me to do. I have to be, uh, <laughs> just cause you enjoy I it have so to much. be, I have to be really, really, really buried to, yeah. uh, to even take, I think in the summer, the longest I'll take off my bike is three days. Okay. It just, it just gets in my head that, you know, Hey, you're getting slow, but really it's good for me to take a couple of days off, but, I've just got that mindset that I want to win. And if I'm not training, everybody else is. Well, hey, Jordan, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I, I really appreciate it, too, after finding out that uh, you, you spent five hours on your bike today. Yeah, I kept, I kept looking at my Garmin. I'm like, man, I've got that uh, interview with Steve. And, and I went to, the, I went to the, the north side of town, too, so I had a hard time finding the house, too. So <laughs> no, I, no. I have... I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to Tucson, but it's like 15 miles by 15 miles of nothing but, but streets. And it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> no, I've never been down there. So I just got back from Arizona, but I haven't been to Tucson. So the, uh, yeah. well, hey, I uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, best of luck in uh, your season here. I assume you're headed back to Michigan soon and, and, uh, in time to hit the, the better weather and uh, yeah. best of luck at the, uh, uh, at the Nas- the marathon nationals in June. And Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be keeping an eye out. So, uh, thanks. Right, thanks again, Jordan. Yeah. Thanks. Steve.